Good to see you. You ready? Everybody ready? I want you to have your Bibles ready to Luke chapter 7. I'm so excited. We are just walking with Jesus step by step, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we've basically, God gave this word, this word about God is the unbelievable God. I mean, in the worldly sense, people are in a place where God, we want so much for people to understand that God is alive, He is real, and there is an active presence. Today, I just want to open up this series in Luke chapter 7 about giving us some hope, about believing in a God who can absolutely do the impossible. I want you to see that this God can do the unbelievable in your life, even in this very midst. Do you believe that? Well, I just feel like we need some unity of faith, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Father, we thank you that you promised us that you are here, God. Before the foundations of the world, God, you were already here before us. And God, we want so much to fall freshly in love with you, God. We want a move of your spirit. We want to see revival. We want to see an awakening in this area to God, to you, Lord. Bring us that power that can only come from you and from your word. I pray that we have listening ears to hear what you're saying to the church today, God. And we never want to forget, we pray for our lost friends out there. People that are just genuinely lost, trying to find their way. And help them to see, God, through our life that, Jesus, you're the only way, God. You can save a life. You can restore somebody's heart. And we're here just to say, Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Um, as Pastor Scott mentioned before the service started, we have something really, really special happening. Of course, it's Easter. We really want to encourage you not just to be here for Easter. We have 9 and 11 a.m. services, but I really want to ask you over the next three weeks to just pray and think about somebody who really needs God, who really maybe just have fallen away from the church or fallen away from faith. We got a lot of people in this area who know God. They made a commitment to Jesus, but they've just kind of drifted away. Would you, would you agree to that? And we just want to pull people into a place where they can experience the love and the mercy and the grace of God. And so, of course, Easter is a celebration of Jesus' re- resurrection. And so, really want to ask you to bring some. We're going to have special activities for the kids um, right after services. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss. Also, we have Good Friday service at 7 p.m. And it's a special communion service to honor and celebrate the death the love that God gave us through his son Jesus. And so we're going to have a special one-hour service at 7 p.m. And uh, we definitely don't want you to miss that. If you've been thinking, you know, I think MVCC is a place where I want to plant some roots. I want to grow. I want this to be my home base, my church base. Um, We have a special lunch today after second hour at 12.15 called Starting Point. And it's just to get to know you, get to know the vision of MVCC. And we get to have this really cool meal together and hang out and just talk about the wonderful things that God is doing. And we want you to be a part of it at MVCC. Today I want to talk to you about a subject matter that is just, if I had this wired, I, I wish that I did. I'm still trying to figure this thing out that I want to talk about today. And that's about God's favor. God's favor. When I was um, young, uh, younger, uh, just had gotten saved, and then about uh, six years later, I just felt like, you know, uh, I'm sorry, six months later, I felt like God was really tugging on my heart to, to do this pastoring thing full time. And so I um, went to classes, went to school, and um, grew up in the faith. Actually, Mission Vale Christian Church was a huge part of my life about discipling uh, me and helping me to know Jesus day by day. 
And I remember I went to a youth pastor's conference and they had touched on a lead pastor's segment of the workshop. So there's all these workshops for pastors, but they had one workshop for the lead pastors. Well, I snuck from the youth ministry one over to the lead pastor one. Nobody knew I was there. I sat in the back and they had this, uh, the pastor that was leading this workshop had 10 different points of church growth and, you know, uh, being a leader and being a, also a follower of Jesus. And he had all these points. And the very last point, which was number 10, he says, you gotta have this. And there was a blank on number 10. He wouldn't let us see it till the last second. And this is what he said, you have to, if you are a if you are a follower of Christ, you have to have this. And then, bam, it came up on the screen, and it was simply the favor of God. And we were, like, so hungry, so, like, what is all this about the favor of God? And then he said this, I don't know how you get it, but you got to get it. <laughs> and so we left that place with, God, I want to seek your heart. I want to know more of you. What is this, this favor that I see in Scripture and in the Bible? And there's people, that, men and women, that seem to walk in the favor of God. And there just seems like there's this miraculous thing that happens around these people. Have you noticed that there are some believers that they have this incredible joy, incredible peace, and they are just prayer warriors. And they just see the miraculous happen. And God is the unbelievable God to those that are around them. Have you noticed there are certain folks that just walk in the spirit? I would say the, the, the favor that God wants to bring is simply this. It is delight, God's delight, his goodwill, and his pleasure. Delight, his goodwill, and his pleasure. You know that God can open up a door that no person can open. I have seen that. I believe that. Uh, uh, this very worship center that we have the privilege of worshiping in, God's favor. This whole renovation process, didn't know where the money was going to come from. We just knew it and we needed to do it. We prayed and God's favor, he just brought it. When my wife and I were looking for our very first home, we went and looked at some homes in Mission Viejo. This is back when I was a youth pastor. I made about $30,000 a year trying to figure out how we're going to do this thing. And I remember we looked at some homes and we were so discouraged and distraught and how are we going to do this? How can we buy a home? We're tired of renting. Someone came up to us on a Sunday and said, we heard you guys were looking for a home. I said, absolutely, we are. They said, well, we want to give you the down payment and you don't have to pay it back now I just after all the tears and all the hugs and all of that I have to say this God's favor bam God's favor I'm not saying that God gives us physical things all the time but he certainly can he created this world he can do anything and we want to walk in the favor that God has for us. I believe that. And I just heard this quietness in my heart when we walked away from that conversation with some folks. You honored me with the money that I gave you. I'm honoring you with what you wanted in your heart. Amen. So can we talk about total surrender and total obedience to Jesus Christ? We're not talking about church, organization, religion. We're talking about a passionate love relationship with Jesus Christ. And walking in his favor brings a incredible dose of his spirit, which I, I believe, I hope we all want to walk in that. Amen? Amen? Now I want to look at some scriptures before we look at Luke chapter 7, just to encourage you and just, just a little bit more of opening about what is this thing called God's favor. Daniel in the Old Testament, would you agree, had the favor of God? 
He was a teenager living up in Babylon. No one could pray like Daniel. And it was an edict from the king that no one could pray to any other god but him. And so they threw him into the lion's den because Daniel said, no, I'm praying to my God just like I do three times a day. And I'm going to do it with a passionate, loving heart. He wasn't rebellious. He wasn't angry. He just was humble about his walk with God. And they threw him into the lion's den. You know the story of what happened when he was in that lion's den. None of those lions destroyed Daniel. Why? Because his favor, God's favor, was on Daniel. He may, God is incredible. Because he won't keep you out of the lion's den, but he will keep the lions from destroying you, right? They knew that God was on Daniel's side. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham and Sarah, the very first Jewish people that God had set out, you are going to, I am going to create a new race through you. Abraham found favor with God and God gave him a son. In Genesis chapter 19, an entire city named Zor was about to be destroyed, but God's favor was on one person named Lot because Lot sought the favor of God and God relented and he spared the entire city. In Exodus chapter 3, the Israelites, you might remember, were in complete slavery, uh, the Israelites to Egypt. They were released, and God found favor, and he gave them resources because they were willing, in that season of time, to be humble and seek God's face. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, David found favor with Saul. Do you remember this? When Saul was anxious, he was not a good leader, the first king of Israel, and he said, bring that little shepherd boy, David, have him play the harp for me because he brings me peace. Bring, God can bring an influence into your life because of favor. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 23, the Israeli tribe of Naphtali received favor from God. And of course, we know in Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, that Mary found favor with God. Favor supersedes giftedness. I want so much for us. I want you to walk in the favor of God. I want MVCC to walk in the favor of God. I want our entire city to come under the favor of God. Things happen in our city. I believe God can do the amazing. He can do the unbelievable. Here's the question. Who gets the favor of God and how do we walk in it? Psalm 512 says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. 1 Samuel 2.26. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller. And watch this now. He grew in favor with the Lord and with people. Luke chapter 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and with man. Are we together on this? That this is definitely a subject matter that we don't want to gloss over. This is something we need to be taught and obviously we want to walk in it. So I want to talk about two things and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 7. There are two kinds of favor in the Bible that I believe God made it really clear in the scripture. Number one is this. If you're taking some notes inside of the seat back in front of you, I just want you to write down the word positionally. There is a positionally, positioned favor that God gives us. Now what we mean by that is when we decide to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And why would we do that? Because he loves us. He's forgiven us. He, he can wipe the slate clean. When we got saved, man, Life was taking on a whole new meaning. So positionally, we step into the favor of God. That's a universal favor that God gives us when we give our life to Jesus Christ. And that comes from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Not that God was calling the whole world to himself, but now he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, Paul says, be reconciled to God. And here it is, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when I read Psalm 512 about, Lord, you bless the righteous, well, that must be only for people who have it all together. No, the righteous means we step into his righteousness, we repent of our sin, and he pours his perfection into us, verse 21. So I hope that we're together on this. You positionally step in, you are under the favor of God, right? Second is this. I want you to write down the word relationally. There is a relationship inside of being in that position that I believe God gives an extra dose of favor. Psalm 512, surely Lord you bless the righteous. Just want to touch on that again that the righteous, we step into relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, 14, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So that tells me that in order to walk in God's favor relationally, that means I want to abide, I want to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Now we follow all kinds of things here in the OC. Money, fame, fortune, houses, vacations, all these things. And we can get so distracted that we no longer, the passion of our heart is not to remain in him, but just to hold on to him. And Jesus says, I don't want you just to hold on to me for dear life. I want you to remain in me. I want you to live a life of obedience where I can do things through you. So the background here, before we read the text, I want to show you about a guy, the most least likely guy to have the favor of God in him. This is what was encouraging to my heart, is this guy who was a centurion who had a 911 crisis call in his life. The background of this is that there was a Sermon on the Mount. Do you remember, we, we looked at this the last two weeks, that Jesus gave to all his disciples. They, at one commentator said at one point, they believed thousands of people were following Jesus. And in Luke chapter 6, Jesus flips the script. He says, love those who do wrong to you. Forgive those. Um, pray for those who persecute you. Do not judge others. Jesus flips the entire religious world upside down. And he says, I want you to live such a holy life. Not that you're just not doing the things that you used to do, but you now you're doing the things that I want you to do, that people are actually seeing God in you. So here's a guy who was in charge of a hundred men. He was prominent. He was bold. He was courageous. He was part of the Roman army. And he has this 911 call to Jesus. I want to read the text and then we'll pick it apart. And then hopefully we'll get some clear teaching about how do I walk in the favor of God and who is it available for. Amen? Amen. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, meaning the Sermon on the Mount, he returned to Capernaum. Remember that Capernaum was Jesus' headquarters for his ministry. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. And when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. 
And so they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone, if anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus sent with them. Uh, Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer said, sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Now, I know this because I am a man under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, and come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Then Jesus, when then Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Talk about God's favor. Talk about the supernatural. Talk about the unbelievable. This is it right here. There are three things that we see real quick. One is there's definitely a call for help. Second is there's a conviction of unworthiness. And then there's a commendation of faith. So who is this guy, the centurion ruler? He was a captain of the Roman army. He was the highest of all the ranking officials. He came from Capernaum, which was the main city. These guys were battle-tested. They were the backbone of the army. They were in charge of at least 100 men. They were known to be loyal, brave, courageous, honor with strength. And they knew they tested themselves to be hand-in-hand combat ready. He led by example. He could follow orders as well as give orders. He was steady, reliable, and respectful. This man had all the right stuff, dude. He had everything in place. But the strange thing is, is he worked for King Herod. Antipas means he was an outsider to the Jewish faith. I hope we saw that here, that he was actually an outsider. He was not part of the Jewish race. He was not part of Israel And the parallel here is that when Jesus taught us about the Sermon on the Mount, we are seeing right here in verses 1 through 11, we are seeing a living, breathing, active person that is the epitome of what Jesus is teaching on about what it really means to be a Christ follower. Today, the centurion would look like a lieutenant colonel, recon, Marine Corps, high-ranking, respectful, honor, integrity. They have a code, prepare to lay my life down for my brother. I will never surrender from my own free will. I will not accept special favors from the enemy. If taken prisoner, I will keep my faith and with my fellow prisoners. He was an outsider. He was despised by all. In fact, the Jews hated the Romans because the Romans had such a thumb on them that they couldn't worshipfully open like they wanted to worship. But this is a crisis 911 call. You know when you're in a crisis, there's no racial lines, is there? You just want to get to wherever you can get the help. And I don't care if it's black, white, rich, poor, yellow, red. I need help. The best place that you can be with Jesus Christ is help. Peter, when he was sinking, said, Lord, help. Sometimes I think in prayer, we think it has to be flowery. We have to have all these right words. We have to have the right protocol. We have to be in the right place or the right position. And what God loves is just a heart that says, help. 
I think that was so attractive that Jesus would go to this man's house regardless of where he was in his faith because God's favor was on this guy because he was so humble, he was faithful, and he was obedient. How do we know that? Because the text tells us he built the synagogue for the Jewish people. He was loving his enemy. Isn't that amazing? I mean, for us that are Gentiles here, I don't know if we have some, some Jewish folks. By the way, whenever I meet someone who's Jewish, I just ask, can I just touch you on the shoulder? You are royal bloodline of Jesus, man. I just, I just, just want to be around it. Isn't it interesting in verse 6 that he uses capital L, Lord? And this is the line that I love. You can just say the word. Just say the word. You don't even need to come under my roof. In fact, I'm not even worthy, Jesus, to have you under my roof. This is unbelievable. The three things that I see from this man and what I want us to grab onto is walking in that relational favor of God is open to anyone. You may be sitting here going, you know what, Mike? You wouldn't believe the stuff that I did. You wouldn't believe the stuff that happened to me in my life. I gave my life to Jesus, but I'm stuck. I am so stuck in my faith. I don't know how I'm going to move. Certainly the favor of God is only for pastors and leaders. Wrong. This guy wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't even a part of the Jewish race. And God finds favor on him. So here's the question. Why does this guy get the favor of God? Because I really want that. I want to walk in the favor of the Holy Spirit. I hope, that, I hope there's something stirring in your heart. I hope there's like you're on the spiritual edge of your seat. Lord, I want this, whatever it takes. Total surrender, God, to you. I, I hope that even the Holy Spirit is saying some things to you now about things that we need to change in our life. I need to get hooked up with the God who saved my soul, the God who loves me, who'll never turn away from me, and I want to walk in your favor. He was humble. He was full of faith. Just say the word. And he was full of obedience, wasn't he? He didn't just talk about his faith. He was completely obedient to what God called him to do, to build that synagogue so my people have a place to go on the Sabbath and hear my voice and worship me with all their heart. Here's the thing. He looks for just one he looks for one. There wasn't 10, 20, 100. It was one person. You, right now, you could be the one if it's your heart that's engaged and saying, God, I want more than anything else. I understand positionally. I am under your favor by grace. Thank, aren't you glad you were saved by grace? Because I mess up every day. I, I, part of walking in the favor of God is recognizing where the pitfalls are. And where I get stuck in a little thing called sin. I um, was helping my, my uh, father-in-law out. He's doing some, some uh, renovating in his house. So my brother-in-law calls me and says, hey, it was my day off. He says, can, I, uh, can you come help me? And I got to tell you, my first reaction was, it's my day off, dude. I just want to rest. I want to play tennis early in the morning. I just want to get up, do some things around my house. And I just want to rest. But there was something in me that said... My brother-in-law needs Jesus Christ. Unless you dig down deep and grab something in your soul that maybe you don't feel like is there and go help him, he's not going to meet me. I really felt like the Lord was telling me that. So I slapped on my boots and brought my blue jeans over there and went over there. And I had no idea what I was getting into, man. There was stuff everywhere from 
every place on the face of the earth inside of this garage. And we had to pull it all out. And as we're going through some stuff, quickly, the Toyota Tundra filled up as high as it possibly could with stuff. So my brother-in-law leans over and says, hey, I need you to go to the dump. Has anyone ever been to the dump? You've been to the dump? Dude, that place is amazing. I didn't realize that I was unloading stuff, but I found more stuff to put in my Toyota Tundra. Not only that, watch this. I'm driving down San Juan Capitol. It's in San Juan Capitol. We're all going to take a field trip over to the dump, right? Let's have church in the dump. I'm driving down this hill, going over these places, and finally get down to the dump area, and I'm unloading my stuff, and I look over, and there's people picking stuff out of the dump and loading stuff in their trucks and their vans. I happened to look over on this side, and I saw somebody that was an enemy, not by my choice, but years ago hated me. Tried to get me fired. I remember this like it was yesterday. It was so painful. It was so hard. It was just, and it just reminded me, we are all in this place of spiritually the dump. It stinks there. There's seagulls all over the place. There's people that are rude. Park over here. Get out of here. What are you doing taking stuff out and putting stuff in? Leave this place. And not only that, but my enemies are there. And so I just waved over and said, so good to see you. And inside, I wanted to say, I want to, kick you out in the name of Jesus. But I remembered, love your enemies in the dump. Here's what I want to say. Don't go to the dump and get more stuff to load up. We want to unload our sin. We want to unload the stuff that gets in the way of God, right? That's why the centurion, watch this, he had the favor of God on his life. He wasn't perfect, but he understood his position, humble, faith. God, you can do it. We are looking at a situation right now just personally, and I got to be honest with you, there are some days that I wake up and I'm like, oh God, what's going to happen today because I don't see any way out of this one. And God reminds me through this text, if there's anything I want you to know, God can do the unbelievable. He can do it. It may not be on our timing, and it may not be the way we want it, but here's the question of the hour. Will you walk in God's favor regardless of what he does? Because I guarantee you, if you're walking in his favor, he will bless your life. He will give you every good and perfect gift. He's like the father of lights coming down from heaven, and he prom his promises are true. I have a book on my shelf called All the Promises of God. It's like that thick. I'm going through my office and throwing away, not throwing away, but giving away some of my books. I can't get rid of this one. This one I can't give. Pastor Scott, I can't give it away because it's promise after promise after promise. And I need to open that up and remind myself, God, you are a promise keeper. You are a promise keeper. He's called you to ministry. He's called you to serve him. He's called you to love him with all your heart. Don't give up. Because one door is shut, that means there's another door that's going to open. It's called God's favor. God's favor. God's favor. So here's, here's what I want to finish up with. What attracts the presence of God? Because i got to be honest with you. I don't want to just have church services. That's not what we want. We have this incredible building, incredible campus. I'm so grateful that we have a place that we can gather together. But this is not the home game. This is not like the end all. This is, this is the huddle so that we can go out and love people and love Jesus with all our hearts. 
It's not about just coming to a church service. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad if you're watching online. I hope this, there's some food for your soul. What I want so much is for you to leave this place. You know what? I need, I want more than anything else now, the favor, relational favor of God. When my sons were little, forgive me, I, I shared this, I think, a few years ago, but I just, I just need to share it one more time because it just so Im, Im, embeds on what, what I believe God is communicating to us about the relational favor of God. The centurion had the favor of God on his life. We were at Target. My kids were little, I don't know, they were maybe about f- four and six. And they were looking down the aisle of all these Legos, Star Wars Legos. And I overheard them because I was on the next aisle. And I overheard them talking. And Jonathan was looking at some Lego Star Wars thing at Target. And he says, I don't have enough money. And I turned around the corner and I saw Michael open up his Spider-Man wallet. And he gave Jonathan the money to buy the Lego Star Wars thing. Can I just tell you, nobody asked him. I didn't say, you should do this. Why don't you do this? Dad will reward you. I gave him, he had like $10 or something. I gave him a $20 bill immediately. That's favor, the favor of God. God can give us more when we just have an open heart to be obedient and faithful and humble to God, whatever you want to do. So what is it that attracts the presence of God? Number one is this. Guarding, man, this is good for me. This is so good. If nobody gets anything out of this, at least I'm walking away with a word from God. Mike, you need to guard your heart against the attitude, I deserve it. Can I be the first one to confess? The last few years, I have been walking in that attitude, that mindset, I deserve this. Because, God, I work hard for you. I love you with all my heart. Trying to do good. I haven't done, like, the really big sins, God. Do you you find yourself in that mode? See, I I deserve to have good health because I go to 24-hour fitness and because I play tennis early in the mornings, three days a week. So I deserve to have good health. God bless me with good health. You should bless me with good health. My cholesterol level, my, all that stuff. God, give me good health. I deserve that because I work for that. I deserve to have a happy marriage all the time. Because we've gone to the seminars, we've gone to the workshops, we've read the marriage books, we've trying to do our very best, and so I deserve to have happy marriage. Do you see where we're going with this? I deserve to have kids who love the Lord and never stray away from you because we've done Bible study with them, we brought them to church, we've prayed for them, we prayed over them, we've anointed their little heads with oil, and we prayed over them when they were little. So God, we deserve to have them be good Christian soldiers. Do you see where we can go with this? I deserve to have the new car. I deserve to have the bigger house. I deserve the promotion. And when we start walking in that, we squelch. We squelch the power of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't leave us. It's not like we lose our salvation. I don't want to ever be misinterpreted here. Solid teaching. We don't, we're all of a sudden, we're unsaved like a light switch on and off because we had a good day. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about we quench the power of the Holy Spirit and that favor is not there because it's all about me. Are we all on the same page together? So I have one word. I have one word how to fix this. You ready? You ready how to fix this? It's so easy. Repent. Just repent of it. Let's just get down and do what Jesus told us to do. Luke 13, 3. Unless you repent, Jesus said, you too shall all perish. 
He wasn't trying to scare anybody. Jesus wasn't trying to threaten. He was just saying, look, here's the line in the sand right here. You religious people over here, you wear your flowing robes. You carry the Torah. You know all the scriptures in your heart, but not in your heart, but you know them in your head. Jesus is saying, look, unless you have a heart check, you're not going to make it. So I want you to repent and come to the other side, but you have to be willing to give it all up. Then you will be able to walk in my favor. Number two is this, to practice. I, I put this here on purpose. I know I should be humble. I know we're supposed to be humble, right? Humility is practice, man. It doesn't come natural. But if we're in the favor of God, oh, it just flows. It's easier. Practice humility by, I want you to really think about some ways. Humble yourself this week. What this does is this activates the presence of God and the favor of God to rest on you. There's somebody who's willing to humble herself. There's someone who's willing to humble himself. And if he's willing to humble myself and trust and not cry because he didn't get or she didn't get the promotion, but to trust me that I have something better for you, you didn't get into the college that you want. You didn't pass the class. You didn't get the one that you wanted to marry. It could be that God has something greater for you. Will you humble yourself, Pastor Mike, and trust me when you didn't get the healing that you've been asking for? Humble yourself. I think there's a verse that says, humble yourself under God's, God's mighty hand, and he will, what, lift you up, right? All right. And number three, ready for this one? Exercise a faith that God can. Elijah believed. He prayed and he believed it was going to rain. And then he believed it wasn't going to rain. Do you remember that? And he planned and prepared for what he believed in. I believe God said, there's a man I can use. There's a prayer I can answer. Here's someone that I'm going to let my favor rest on them because they so believe in me. They believe this story that we just read. I hate to call it story. It's a real life account. This servant was healed. He was healed, man. And who was the catalyst? It was a Roman centurion soldier who had no business even being in the very presence of Jesus. And he knew that and God rested his favor on him. What about you? What about us? What about you right now? Humility, great faith, and obedience. In chapter 7, verses 12 through 17, I just wanted to finish with this because Jesus isn't finished yet. He's not finished here, and he's not finished now. In Mission Viejo, a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. And there was a young man who had died, was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. And when the Lord saw her, watch, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. 
Great fear swept, watch this, over the crowd, and they praised. Not fear like I'm afraid, but holy fear. This is God. This is real life stuff. Swept over the crowd, and they praised God, saying, a mighty prophet, they didn't know it was the Son of God, but a mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And the news, watch this, the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. I believe miracles, wonders, signs, miraculous, supernatural stuff, God wants to do that stuff. I'm not talking about hocus-pocus weird stuff. I'm talking about real viable stuff that God is doing that will attract thousands of people to Jesus Christ. Here's the question. Will we walk, not just believe, will we walk in his favor? God, we thank you for your word that's so crystal clear. Thank you for these real-life accounts. We believe it happened, and we believe you're the same God, and you want to do all these things, Lord. We believe that. Help us, God, to have faith, humility, and the willingness to just say, God, you got me. I want to walk in your obedience, Lord. Jesus, I just pray so much for here in this moment right now. If there's anybody here today, God, that just needs a word of encouragement, God, let it sink into their heart. If there's anyone here, God, today that just far away from you, God, I know you're just one prayer away. You're one heart cry away from that person knowing you and you coming to their rescue. If that's you today, I just want to ask you to silently just pray this in your own heart. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. I give it all to you, God. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I have made it. Thank you for your loving kindness, your compassion. I accept you now. I receive you now. I commit my life to you now. Help me, God, to walk in your favor each day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.